You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Miki Zelkovic is a five-time Serbian national champion as a fencer and a former Paralympic national head coach for Kuwait. Now he runs his own fencing club in the Philadelphia area and has developed multiple club programs for Paralympic fencers on the East Coast. In 2018, Mickey was named head coach of Team USA's para-fencing squad and has managed the qualification efforts for the 2021 Paralympic Games. Under his guidance, five U.S. fencers are in contention to qualify for the Games in Tokyo. Mickey, thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so we're going to talk a, a lot about uh, para-fencing, and you are the head coach of, the, uh, of Team USA's uh, para-fencing national team. Um, let's, let's maybe just start uh, there with how did you get involved in the sport of fencing and, and um, involved with para-fencing specifically? Uh, I, I start maybe a little bit late for <laughs> today. Uh, thinking when when the the students should come to fencing i was 14 and my father bring me to my club red star belgrade i am original from serbia and uh he introduced me the fencing and then when i basically he tell me uh, i bring you to one sport but uh, they don't have anything uh, related with the with the ball and I was all night thinking, what's going to be that? You know, I didn't have a clue it's going to be fencing. But when I saw it first time, it was, uh, you know, opened my eyes, you know, and I, and I love it from on a, on, a, on a first sight, you know, watching how the, the athlete was training there in, in my club. And, and, and so you got to participate, obviously, as an athlete. And how did you get into coaching? Uh, unfortunately, uh, in Serbia was a little bit, I would say, bad time, and and uh, we lost uh, our coach, who was uh, uh, Russian, and uh, like I was in that time, like a 17, 18 years old, and I was the older uh, student, and uh, uh, it, it was like two direction, or we go to another club, or or I start <laughs> to coaching my friends, and uh, basically. Uh, I tried to help them, and, and from that day, I, I I was starting little by little to be the coach. And then after I was a national coach in Serbia or former Yugoslavia, and uh, uh, I, I was uh, getting scholarship from uh, Olympic uh, Committee, and I was training with uh, excellent uh, professors from Hungary in in budapest mm -hmm. and uh i have really maybe the best <laughs> time in my life there uh, training with the with the best athlete from hungary olympian and the coaches who opened my eyes how to be better coach and you know i i find that you know a lot of people aren't familiar with the sport uh and if you like you said if you've seen it, it it's an amazing and awesome sport to watch um and so for someone who hasn't 
who is unfamiliar with it, how would you describe the the sport of uh, you know parafencing? Uh, but it, it, it's almost every every time we are saying uh, the fencing, it's like a physical chess because your mind and your body uh, need to work in same time, and you need to work really really uh, precisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be to make really good decision in short period of the time uh, to make the points and to try to win in in, in the game uh, usually I will our coaches we want to make first athlete from our uh, fencers and then we want to make them fencers you know so we 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 want to use the training uh, for them to be, to be definitely better, better, better than they start when they start fencing. I, I like the idea of uh, physical chess. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because obviously there's some strategy there, but there's some physicality there. So that's a great, great way to describe and it. What is basically different than other sports is this is the lifetime sport, so you can you can train and you can always come back. So basically, we have uh, kids starting from s- six years old, and we have eighties uh, year years old. Uh, you know, uh, some veteran fencers. You know, practice. So so the age limit is you, you know they are not. We don't have age limit like other sports. Yeah, so I was basic, basically whoever wants to try it, it it's yeah, I will say they never regret. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually going to mention that, you know, some some sports, you know, you quote unquote age out. Um, and and so this is a sport that you can, you know, this is a lifetime sport. Exactly. Uh, and so what is the you know, let's let's talk about the equipment uh, and, and mm-hmm. what is what is needed or required in order to participate in the sport. So maybe you can just kind of uh, walk us through somewhat, you know, maybe visually, if, if if people can 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 get an idea in their in their head what what these pieces of equipment might might um, might look like and might be used for. So maybe just start yeah. with you know the mask or the, the, we, the yeah we we have uh, definitely protective equipment. Uh, we have the mask. We have the the jacket. The pants. Uh, they have also the glove, and then depend of which weapon they are doing. Sometimes uh, they have different body cords, which uh, uh, we have a scoring machine, uh, which is deciding who is giving the points. So fencing is kind of electric fencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, also we ha- they have three weapons in fencing. That's foil, epe, and saber. Uh, each weapon have little, little uh, different uh, target area which you need to hit. So in foil, it's only the body or torso, without hands, without legs. That's the target area. So and then if you fence foil, you need to have a plastron, so electric jacket, like mm. an electric vest. Yeah. Okay. And and. Um, if you fence Epe, the whole body is the target. And, uh, and basically, 
Epe is whoever hit first, you know, he got the points. And sometimes happen to, in the same time, both fencers give the touch. So, so then, it, then it, it's point for each fencer. Okay. And we have saber. Uh, saber and foil is basically right away weapons. So whoever first starting to attack, uh, they have priority. It's we call right away, and uh, so so another fencer need to defend himself in order to give the the point. And so when when you talk about those three, are the, are the weapons different themselves as well, or is it the yes. same? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, no, it's totally different. Yeah, yeah. And so in, so maybe talk a little bit about how the weapon itself is different. Like how is the foil different from the saber, for example? Uh, the foil foil uh, is uh, have the small uh, guard, and, and and the blade is pretty kind of light. The uh, the epe is the heaviest weapon, and and saber is the lightest weapon. But like like a classical saber with with the, with the bell, like a half moon. <laughs> so uh, the blades are a little bit different than than. For each weapon, uh, epi blade is kind of triangle, you know, and uh, they can snap sometimes, you know, they can they can be broken. But now these days we have pretty good blades. Okay, quality of the blades. And um, so you mentioned obviously some of the, the equipment are, you know, um, is there anything that folks should know or need to know about the, like the the helmet, for example? Yes, uh, mask is uh, basically uh, uh, protect you. Th- the best mask which we have, it's uh, 1,600 Newton. Uh, the heat cannot, basically like a small bullet cannot uh, uh, break the mask. So that's why we are, we are really, really safe sport, you, mm-hmm. you know. So, so the equipment is really protecting. And also the jacket is from 800 newton so it's uh it's really give you protection when uh, come to the bouting or or fencing with the opponent so folks don't have to feel threatened or or in fear of of the foil or the saber you know you know piercing or engaging yes sometimes we got the small bruises but that that's it if you if you're Getting uh, if you if you are better and better fencer, then then you're starting to protect yourself really really good during the bout. And you know, with some of that equipment, you know, uh, how is there an idea of how many like extra pounds that you're putting on your on your body? And you know, obviously, if you wear a helmet and you put on you know some heavier you know, jackets, you know, yes, we have some very light jackets and 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 some cotton jackets, which they're they're. They're a little bit more heavy, but they're, that's not like uh, after wearing two or three times, you, you, you don't feel like, oh, it's so heavy, you know, when you have it. So, so it, 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 it's not that heavy at all. Okay. You know? It looks heavy. <laughs> yeah. Be, beside, beside, I will say, of equipment in, in parafencing, we also have this kind of the special, uh, the, the chairs. Uh, because they need to be special height, and uh, so the the I would say that also the the equipment is the wheelchair too. 
yeah. usually we usually wheelchair wheelchair fencer is luck we have also you know in competition when they come they have a special frame which they basically lock that chair so it's not like in i don't know in basketball or or tennis when you're moving your chair basically your chair is locked and you're moving your body back and front you know and you're making the distance between you and your opponent oh yeah i maybe didn't realize that the, the chairs were actually locked into place yeah lots of people don't think like oh how they they move like you know but it's we have we have a frame and they basically they are locked and are the are the chairs custom to the athlete or are they standard kind of like standard chairs uh, kind of we have uh, standard chairs, but but it's custom. Usually, fencer custom depend of disability they have, you know. Uh, so so usually is is custom. There's not really not a, a chance even at their at the beginning, uh, you know, when they're first getting into sport where they use their every everyday chair. That, that's uh, the, they, yeah, you, usually when we start, uh, you know, you know new prospect come, you know, you know, or fencer come. So with, they start in own chair okay. and coach, coaching work with them, you know, so, so basically uh, they don't need to have in the beginning, but uh, when they decide really to commit to the sport, you know, you know, then, uh, then uh, they, and, and then starting to go into competition, they, they should have it. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's a good way to kind of offset the cost at the beginning to make sure that you are interested and in, and really passionate about the sport uh, before making that commitment. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is lots of other, I will say, ways how you can, you know, sometimes some older fencer, they're selling some some chairs. Sometimes people modify the the, I will say, uh like like a basketball or may, maybe tennis chair you know they they a little bit modify and 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 we they can use basically in, in wheelchair fencing too and one of the things uh, like you meant that you mentioned that i liked mickey at the beginning was the you know being an athlete first and then a fencer second so how does how does one train to uh to be a fencer uh, but basically like, like every other sport, you, you know, uh, we, lots of new fencer when they, they come, even, even, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing that I, I like that one in, in actually, and that's one of the reason I became the coach. I like to help the people, you know, and to see that transformation when they come and when they start to be really, really good fans or, or great athlete, you know. And I have example of uh, when when I start the first wheelchair program in New Jersey when I when I came in in United States. Uh, I have one of the the student was the kid who was twelve years old and uh, hitting by the truck. He was driving, I think. Uh, he was riding the bicycle and. Uh, Basically, after that accident, he cannot lift the hand. So, uh, uh, after one month, you know, even the the parents, uh, when I was speaking with them, and they say he cannot do that motion, like you, you know, 
I give him the lightest uh, weapon, uh, and it was saber. And after one month, he was uh, raising the hand. And I say, you don't uh, need to be Olympic champion, you know. But for me, that that moment was was uh, biggest treasure or big, biggest victory, you know, because he lifted the hand, which everybody say he cannot do it, you know. And and you know, to see in the eyes of somebody. Uh, with disability, they can do something, you know, and they can they can f- fence and training with the rest uh, of the of the members in the club, you, you mm-hmm. know, and have a great time. I think that that's really really great feeling, and that pushed me like a coach to to continue uh, training them and help them. Uh, to be to be better person, better better uh, athlete, to be disciplined, you know, because this sport uh, really, if you want to go to the high level, you know, you really need to work like uh, from four to six hours during the day and be commitment with, with commitment uh, to training well and go to the tournaments and perform well and and go to Paralympic games like some of the crown but beside of that one you know that's not only the way you should go you know uh, lots of people is fencing because uh, they feel better uh we have last uh, 12 years i'm i'm here so so basically we have i saw lots of fencers enjoying you know even they win they lose you know you know it's not that much important, but it's just to having great time on competition and, and talk with other person and uh, you know exchange experience. Uh, you know it, it, it's you know and and it, that make me also happy. You know because it's not only high level which you want to achieve, but it's also you want to have fun and you have new friendship. Yeah, and that's I I find that with obviously any when you reach the elite athlete level, you you have to put in that significant amount of time. Um, it is, it is, it is. But you you know, I train a lot, lots of uh, students, and and uh, most feedback which they give me like, oh, but coach, it's not you know the doesn't matter I win or lose, but I feel better, you know. You know, I feel a different. I'm a different person. I can do more. You know, so that that's that's something which uh, para fencing definitely can can bring any any of new potential fencer. And and I want to talk a little bit about, of course, the you know the adaptations that are made for para fencing. So can you maybe walk us through, um, you know, what the difference? Maybe between an Olympic uh, Olympic fencer and a Paralympic fencer, for example. So it's very very similar to able body fencing, you know. So it's a little bit transformation because of the distance, because we are we are definitely sitting in the chair. Able body people is moving moving with steps forward and back. Mm-hmm. In in uh, in uh, para fencing, we are, we are moving the, mo- mostly we are moving the body back and forward 
forward if we want to attack back if we want to make defense mm-hmm. so so but the technique is pretty similar like uh, like uh, able body uh I would say almost almost the same in some some point. Yes, sometimes uh, we coaches need to you know depend who is our student. We need to 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 try to to make make them you you know you you need you need to work to 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 make make them to do some some actions on different way you know and uh, we try to help them to do that one so it's not always same like uh, with the with the able body but uh, sometimes it's different approach to the to, to the athlete if they can do that some actions in in uh, para fencing so so basically the the technique is the same and the equipment is the same so folks yes. don't don't yes. know or see the difference other than than the chair and and the way they may may attack or defend yes and we are we basically unfortunately did this uh, coronavirus happen and, but uh, and i hope we're going to in new season uh, we supposed to have some uh, challenge. I, I'm gonna say some challenge competition. We want to make the chair uh, fencing, uh, and when we want to able body and uh, wheelchair or para fencer to to fence together in the chair, you know. So mm-hmm. we want to mix them, and so they have opportunity to fence with each other. And this is the I will say United States fencing. Uh, want to to try to uh, find a new 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 potential parafencer, which maybe maybe they have disability, but they don't know they have, and they can they can also participate in the sport, and also for able-bodied people to to have really really good time with wheelchair people. So basically, we want to mix them and. Be, to have a little bit better competition between them and uh, and to have a better result. Well, I think it's a great way to also in- inspire inclusion and um, and really just challenge people at different levels. <laughs> yes, both, yes. Both uh, get both get the benefit of of that challenge. Yes, yes, definitely. We want to 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 have even more fencers, you know, in in United States. And we should have because uh, now I will say Tokyo is coming, yes. Uh, but next is Paris, right in the corner because it's gonna be like a three years different. And uh, then it's coming LA, which we we are hosting, and we want to to show the world that we we have really really good athletes in the United States. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, we want to be ready by 2028 for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what's a typical match like, you know, so athletes, um, you know, maybe just kind of, yeah, we, our, our, our bouts, we have a, we call, we have a pool when you have from four to eight fencers in the pool, they mm-hmm. fence with each other, they fence each other five, uh, five touches or five points, uh, three minutes, every bout. And after that, we, uh, Basically, they have a ranking list, 
And then, um, let's say, first fencer fence with uh, 16, second with 15. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have direct elimination. And uh, if you win that match, you're, you're go- going to top eight or top four or, or final match. So, but these bouts, direct elimination bouts, is uh, three times three minutes or, or 15 touches. That's the difference. Okay, okay. So the pool bouts is five touch in three minutes, uh, and direct elimination is three time, three three minutes, three times, or or fifteen touches. Okay. And and so if once once folks you know begin to you know train, um, how can they compete? What are where? How many com- competitions are there? Like the, particularly like just in the United States, how how yeah. does an we, athlete? We ha- Basically, we have some local tournaments too, mm-hmm. but uh, we have a North American Cup, which the main main tournaments for national team to be in the national team member. So the, the North American, we have three actually two North American Cups, and one is the national championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually, we travel all of the country. Depend, you know, we're supposed to be in Richmond in October and, you know, I think in, in January in Detroit. So, so we are traveling all of the United States, you know, and, um, they need to participate in this tournament. And, uh, so, and if they make really, really good results, then they can start to, to be national team members and, and they can go to international tournaments. Okay. And, and what's the, for like a typical athlete, it, how, like from the time that they begin, is there a, a length of time that it, take, it takes to work up to an elite level? Uh, de- definitely, yes. You know, more, more experience you have, you, you know, then you're getting better fencer. Uh, it's our part of fencing is individual sport. So it's depend uh, of the person, uh, and it's also depend a little bit o- about the coach how he represent to the the to the fencer uh, his knowledge, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, usually we say to to reach that high level a- at least from two to four years, you know. Okay, so that on, on average it takes two to four years to yes to reach the, but some, yeah. sometimes sometimes very fast you know because if you if you're training maybe some other sports and you're coming to the the fencing and you're already athlete you know then it's much faster yeah. I would say <laughs> that, 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 that happened or we have a couple of the uh, even team members which uh, they fence able body and unfortunately now because of they, they have some disability you know, you know, they, they continue to fence in para-fencing and, and, uh, and they make really, really great results because they already have the, the technique, you know, and, and kind of tactic, just a little bit. They need to feel the, usually I say to feel the chair and what they can do in, in, in para-fencing in wheelchair. And so let's talk about, you know, obviously Team USA and, you know, maybe for those that aren't familiar or haven't followed Team USA uh, results, how, how do we, how do we uh, compare 
against maybe other countries and what are our prospects like, uh, you know, in the coming years? I know you mentioned uh, Tokyo and Paris and, of course, L.A. already. So, so maybe share a little bit about your, your thoughts yeah. uh, on the team. Yeah, uh, basically, we traveled all the world in the uh, last two years. And uh, it was like a nice destination, like Dubai competition, Kyoto, Japan. Then we was in Korea, Amsterdam, Hungary, uh, Italy. So lo- lo- lots of international competition. Uh, we, we, we are now in the stage when we build the team, basically. And uh, I gonna we we have now last last two competition which supposed to be in Brazil. So we are waiting now February when we're gonna see it's gonna be last two competition because we have a World Cup in Brazil and after that World Cup we have we is supposed to have the zonal tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we we are seeing in the team, you know, me and our managers we are seeing uh, our athletes is definitely improving themselves you even now we are i was saying this difficult time we we are training online you know with with this zoom zoom kind of classes but mm-hmm. uh, it helped really really helped the athlete to be in the shape and you know in these difficult times and i i'm working with some of them and even even seeing some some session with other coaches and other day students and, and they're they're improving also a lot uh, so uh, we have also i was saying 99 percent but till till the race is not finished i i, I don't you know nothing is 100 percent sure but the uh, ellen gadgets is definitely gonna be in, in tokyo and now we are basically waiting uh, how many more athletes uh, we're gonna see i would say everything depend of the last two competition gonna be if depend of the results in last two competition in brazil and and zonal in brazil and uh, if they really good but potentially we we have options to from one fencer to to three fencer mm-hmm. and uh, which I gonna be very very happy if we qualify also the uh, the women's team. Great. So Ellen's already already qualified for to- Tokyo. Um, I will say race is not finished, so not, okay. uh, <laughs> so not nothing is like like you know hundred percent. I don't want to say, but when when <laughs> the last two we're gonna see because we we don't know it's gonna be last two competition or not for now officially. We have in February, we have Brazil, so we are waiting if, you know, after, after basically Brazil, we're going to have really clear picture. But like, an, I'm going to say 95% or 99% Ellen is qualified, yeah. Okay. And my last question for you, Mickey, is, um, you know, if, if there's um, someone, let's say, either reading the article in the magazine or listening to our interview um, mm-hmm. that want, wants to get involved in parafencing, um, what do you recommend? Where, where where do you recommend they go? Where do you recommend they look? Uh, who who do you recommend they reach out to? But the the best is to to contact USA Fencing, and uh, basically to contact uh, Brandon Dad or 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 Ginny Boyston. Mm-hmm. You know, 
so they can give information depend where they are. My club is definitely in in the Philadelphia area in Willow Grove. Uh, but uh, there is other clubs in in United States uh, which they offer also also classes. Uh, so depend is maybe to to contact national office and and get information from them. Yeah. So so by going to to the national to USA fencing, they can probably probably find their local club or a local yes. uh, program yes. where they can yes. first train at a local local level. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to maybe make maybe highlight or mention? I, I you know, it's all, always <laughs> it, it's a para fencing is great, uh, great sport, life sport. You know, uh, give lots of opportunity to think faster, make yourself a better person and disciplined person. So, I think. That's kind of the message which we want to send. Definitely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, my guest, uh, Mickey Zokovic, uh, thank you very much for being uh, our guest today. And um, uh, good luck, Team USA, uh, next year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to having me.